back to the Lunar Chronicles for us this week. Yes, today we are traveling through space and storytelling to talk Scarlet and Wolf. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hi everyone, I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast where Steph and I and our occasional guests, or guests, gab and (laughs) goss about our favorite and not-so-favorite ships of all time. Yep, and today we're diving back into the Lunar Chronicles, which I'm excited. Like, Same. at first I was like, why didn't we just do this couple at the time? But it allows us to look back. We were breaking them up. We were doing like one a season, again. then we kind of got lost. Yeah. So we're back. Yes, yeah, then we got lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we did a Cinder and Kai episode with Marissa herself. Uh, that was really exciting. Yes. Although at the time, my editing skills kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Marissa. We'd love to have you back. <laughs> and, um, oh, we also did a Crescent Thorn episode with Bethany, who, spoiler alert, is one of our awesome guests today. Um, so that was a really fun episode. Um, but we missed out on Scarlet and Wolf. Like I said, not sure why we did that, but we're venturing back and it's going to be a fun one. That's right. And today... As Stephanie mentioned, we are joined by the incredible Bethany Finger and her sidekick, uh, Abigail. <laughs> oh, I should have asked you this beforehand. Uh, Spagari? No, but that's okay. Spagari. <laughs> what was it? Spagari. Spagari. Ah! Okay. You were close. You were I'm close. really Most bad with names, and close. I meant to. He's yeah, I so feel like you were closer names. than me the first time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Bethany was like, Spagia, Spagiari. Uh, I'm like, I was like, how I don't have want I to you? try. <laughs> so mad. Anyways, both Bethany and Abigail are joining us today. Bethany is the creator and host of the Prince Kai fan pod, where she discusses all things Marissa Meyer and more. Each episode, Bethany, along with her guests, break down chapter by chapter a part of one of Myers's beloved books. Uh, right now, she is in the middle of winter. Is that correct? Almost done fan- with winter. Almost done. We finished winter in October. Oh my gosh! That's crazy wow. craziness. <gasps> Um, but since then, she has covered all the books in Lunar Chronicles and had bonus episodes along the way. I think she's even mm-hmm. talked about uh, Taylor Swift at some point. So if you're a T-Swift fan, <laughs> go join her. Um, we love it. So if you aren't already listening, you should. And Abigail is an aspiring writer and self-published author of a series on Amazon. She is currently working on a new series. She started during the 2020 lockdown, and she is often compared to Scarlet because they both share (laughs) red hair. (laughs) So welcome, ladies. We are so excited to have you both on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having having us. us. Absolutely. Can I plug my bestie? The um, series that Abigail wrote is called Daughter of the Moon, and you can find it on Amazon, Kindle, and Barnes and Noble. Yes, there's three the books. Plug. There's an audio book. I always forget that there's an audio book now on Audible, narrated by Amanda Garrison. Oh my gosh, it's so good! Like I can't, I can't so honestly say that because it's my book. But like I was when I was listening to it, I was like. I wrote this? Like, it sounds so much better listening to her than it did in my head. <laughs> so She's incredibly I'm talented. I'm looking forward to really like, book two. Speak to me to yeah. say, I say. <laughs> We're going to be ordering that right away. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining. And I wanted to start with our fun, random question generator. No anxiety. <laughs> Too, late. <laughs> Too late. That's great. All right, let's see. Drum roll. What is our question of the week? 
What is the worst movie that you've ever seen? Oh my gosh. <gasps> oh my gosh, I have to pick one? Can it be a worst best movie? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. the like best worst movie I've ever seen. I don't know why I like it because it's pure trash. I'm sorry <laughs> to whoever, but there's a Mormon Pride and Prejudice from like 2005. What? I don't know why I love it because the acting's not great, like set design, boo, lighting, <laughs> plot, but like my sisters and I will binge that thing so many I'll times. Binge that thing. It's like it's like the <laughs> biggest guilty pleasure. That and I eat way too many Rice Krispies, well, but that's like another conversation. I need to find this now. I have it's on Amazon. Like I, it's on Amazon. She's so Amazon proud of it, too. Like, I just watched yeah. it like a week ago because my sisters were visiting. That's awesome. I literally thought I had seen every adaptation. So now it's I'm ready for so this. It's so bad that it's good. That, is awesome. that reminds me of my pick. What's your pick? Twilight. <laughs> Don't you start with me, Devin. <laughs> you know what Twilight is good for? Twilight is good for when you want to reread the series, but you do not have time for that many books. That's fair. Amen. That's what the movies are good for. <laughs> I love Twilight. It's so to bad. Me too, girl. Don't you worry. I'm with you. Thank you. No, it Thank probably you. wouldn't be my top choice, but that's the one that's coming to mind. Yeah. Abigail? Um, okay, this is really random, but Bait, it's just called Bait, and it's like a shark attack movie, and it was like one of the oh, dumbest no. movies I've ever seen. I went through a phase like five years ago where I was obsessed with sharks, and so I was just looking up every single shark movie I could find, and Bait came up. I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. looks so cool. It's like this supermarket gets flooded, and then there's like a shark in it, but like the shark is like jumping out. I don't know. It was just so dumb. It was... <laughs> I was oh watching. I barely finished. I was like, this is like the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> there are awesome. lots of movies in the world. And you realize that when you start to just flick through yes. like Netflix or something and you can't find anything good to watch. <laughs> one of, um, or as one soon of my as students. somebody asks you your favorite movie, like you forget every movie that was ever made. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> one of my students um, recommended uh, Velocipaster. I don't know if anyone has oh, heard of that no. one. Oh, that one. no. I can put a couple pieces <laughs> together by the name, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, this is my favorite movie. I'm like, okay. If it is, it was, good for you. It, it was <laughs> called Velocipaster. Yes, it was very She's interesting. It Obviously, it's a pastor. Is it about a velociraptor? A I was like, is it a pastor creature? that turns into a velociraptor? Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Um, that is It incredible. was good. I mean, it wasn't, like, amazing, but... So funny. the movie yes, that stuff, I'm go. picking, I don't know if anyone knows this movie, but has anyone heard of Cloud Atlas before? I've heard no. of it. I feel like I've watched it Just before. Just save yourself <laughs> the time. Isn't it a long don't movie? Don't do it. She says, like, get out really now while you still actors. can. <laughs> yes, really popular actors. It's one of those that like traps you. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it was just like horrible. And on Wikipedia, it literally says... Critics were po so polarized that it was included on various best film and worst film lists. So people had no idea what to think of this thing. I feel like that's me. the definition of cats is like how many people were involved cats. in this oh film that it gosh. still turned out this way. That's like so, so many of you are famous and successful. Like, yeah, and they advertised this? Taylor Swift hardcore for that film. She's in like three minutes of screen time at the oh very God. end. Oof. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's I watched it all excited because there's like 20 celebrities in there that are all like Dame Judi Dench, yeah, yeah, Jennifer yeah. Hudson, 
Like, just so many, Jason Derulo, so many of these, like, really talented people, the guy who played Gandalf, and I watched that movie, and I was like, the only good thing about this is the popcorn, because I went and saw it in theaters. Yep. Yep, (laughs) star-studded casts are something to look out for. Yes! Because you never know if it's going to be good or not, Mm. and You know how you can tell if it's going to be good if it has a star-studded cast, and it's also directed by Gary Marshall. Ooh. (laughs) Then it will be fine. Okay, awesome. Well, what a conversation. You see, random question generator. It's the way to go. See, now I'm thinking um, of more terrible movies I've seen. <laughs> well, listen, if you brain. think of them, even during the episode, just shout it out. Okay. Oh, this one's terrible, too. Um, okay, so moving into Scarlet and Wolf. So I, it's been a long time, fam, so just correct me if any of this summary is wrong. But here we go. You have an expert uh, here, so... I got you. Literally, <laughs> I think that on the last episode I was listening to, I also was wrong about something and you corrected me. So I'm like, it's good Bethany's on because I <laughs> don't know if any of this is right. Um, but before we get started, just wanted to shout out there a spoiler alert because literally Devin and I do not stray away from spoilers. Never. We'll talk about everything. Um, so if you haven't read the Lunar Chronicles, just listen with caution. Honestly, it's a series that is finished. And it is amazing. So go and read it yep. ASAP. And it Get came out like ten out years ago. It. So you literally right? Know. Yeah. <laughs> like where have you been? Yes. <laughs> Audiobooks yes, of those are also really good. So mm. yes, like those. Lots of yeah. extra parts too. Like I haven't read Stars Above, so don't hate me. Hehe. <laughs> but you can talk about it freely. Don't worry about it. Um, and then lots of fanfic. Like this is just one of those like very good. So definitely get out and read it. But. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, uh, we meet Scarlet in the second book of the Lunar Chronicles. We've just seen Lynn Cinder imprisoned after an incident at the ball. Uh, From there, we meet Scarlet Benoit, which I love that name. What a freaking great name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her grandmother is missing, and she wants to go look for her. Um, Scarlet, I love, is supposed to be Little Red Riding Hood. She's got red hair bushy love it um and then her her eventual partner is called wolf so so exciting we love that um her so she grew up on her grandmother's farm at some point in the beginning of the story she defends cinder's actions at the ball which a lot of people are not happy about um and wolf zayev kesley what Zayev Kesley. Kesley. Thank Zayev. you, Zayev Kesley. Sorry, I was like, I thought my, Devin said Steph. I was like, the rest will of... will correct your Hebrew. Please, means, please it, do. Because it means wolf, right? Mm-hmm. It's Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that his, what his it is? His parents named him Wolf, and then are shocked that he's chosen for the Queen of Wolf Army. <laughs> Such a shock, my man. Such a shock. Y'all set your son up for that one. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so he defends her originally, and then later she is kind of more formally introduced to him as like a shy street fighter uh, when she's doing a delivery to a friend and bumps into him again. So later she finds out that he is a genetically modified lunar special operative. Uh, after realizing that Wolf has the same tattoo as the crew who took her grandmother, Wolf and Scarlet decide to adventure together to find her. Throughout their time traveling together, they face many challenges, including his brother, who I hate, uh, but they begin to realize that they have feelings for each other. At some point at the end, Wolf seemingly betrays her, um, and, but he eventually fights to kill his own brother and protect her. Uh, as she struggles with the 
what is what am I saying here? Oh, thaumaturge. I can never get that word, y'all. Thaumaturge. 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 See, this is why I'm glad you're here. <laughs> thaumaturge. Um, anyway, so in the end, he's struggling under a thaumaturge's control. Cinder shoots him with a tranquilizer dart, which I think is a funny thing. Uh, from there, Scarlet forgives him and agrees to be his alpha female, or they sort of joke about it, which I love. I really <laughs> want to so talk cute. about it. Adorable. Adorable. Um, so Scarlet Devin and Wolf is, from like, there. Devin is suspiciously quiet while no, we're no, like, I'm just oh, listening. he's so cute. And Devin is like, <laughs> yeah. Devin's like, mm-hmm. Uh, but so from there, Scarlet and Wolf join Cinder's little crew. In Crest, Scarlet is forced. Okay, ew, I hate that she has to cut off her. Wh- Wait, am I like skipping ahead? That's in Crest where she cuts that's off her. That's in Crest. Yeah, it's that's what I thought. Yeah. Thank you. It's like Major chapter 80 something. Yes, it's much later. Uh, Scarlet is, like, taken to Queen Lavana and eventually cut, forced to cut off her pinky finger. Really, all we see in this is her being kind of gone and then Wolf dealing with that and being, like, emotional about that. Um, finally, in winter, she's put into the menagerie and Winter tries to make friends with her. Eventually, she softens her up, and Scarlet talks to her about Wolf and their relationship. She denies that they're in love, but Winter and the readers think otherwise. This whole time, Wolf is working with Cress to try and save her. Jason helps Winter and Scarlet escape, and then Scarlet and Wolf are reunited at the battle at Lavana's castle. In the end, Cinder beats Queen Lavana after much struggle, and Wolf and Scarlet decide to remain together, and in Stars Above, they get married. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> we love to see it. And in the awesome. graphic so, novels, there's they have storylines in the graphic novels, too. Really? And see, there's so COVID many pieces. Oh, yeah? There's so many pieces <laughs> that, like, Devin and I still even have to venture into. So that's super exciting. Um, but have you have you both read all the pieces? Is my I have, yeah. Yeah. And some. That is amazing. Because <laughs> also fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good, good, good. Well, that's perfect then because we're going to dive right in with our questions. That's right. So let's start us off. Uh, this is kind of a, a fun, easy one to get us started. So, Oh, could I add thoughts? something to their relationship? Just since yeah. it was like Absolutely. a summary. Just since it's a summary of their relationship, I wanted mm-hmm. to point out that they're actually together like very For a few week. times. <laughs> I know. (laughs) They're together for like a week and then separated and then like a week and a half and then separated. And by the way, separated, I mean for like three to 16 weeks at a time. Like they spend most of their relationship pining from afar. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to include that in the summary that they actually don't spend a lot of page time together. (laughs) It's hugely important. And it's something Mm -hmm. I'll probably talk about later when um, we're talking about is it too quick that they mm-hmm. make these decisions, no. which I don't necessarily <laughs> think yes or no, but we definitely should talk about it because you're right. Like at the end, I was like rereading one of the books and I think it might've been the first one where he goes, we've literally known each other for a week or, or the second one, whatever it was. Someone mentions I've known you for a week. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, we, so have, much we have much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. But anyway, starting us off. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Little Red Riding Hood retelling told through their story together? I honestly feel like out of all four of the fairy tale retellings characters, that Scarlet and Wolf was the least like the original fairy tale, which I'm not complaining mm-hmm. about. I really mm-hmm. liked how Marissa spun it. 
Yeah. Um, but I can explain why if anyone's curious. <laughs> oh, sure. Go ahead. Please. Okay, so Scarlet and Ran is actually Little mm-hmm. Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. and Scarlet yeah. and Wolf mm-hmm. is Beauty and the Beast. That's why they meet Which at the I've Opera read. House, and that's why Ran was the one responsible for her grandmother's death. I've heard that their their story, that Scarlet and Wolf, is more like Beauty and the Beast. I don't mm-hmm. see that either. I mean, I can kind of see, like, little similarities. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, I'm not complaining at all. I love I like the way that Scarlet and Wolf came out or came like their story played out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, Scarlet and Ran were definitely more like. Little. Yeah, because like Scarlet, she sort of has the Stockholm syndrome because Wolf, you know, mm-hmm. appears to be something he's not. Wolf does eventually take her away from her father in a very aggressive way because when her father shows up, he's trying to um, sort of sell out Gran and Scarlet to right. to the the lunars that he's so afraid of um, right so then he does have a transformation but not in the way we hope so right. um, but I, I know i i think that's the only theory i can accept just because otherwise the the wolf versus red riding hood elements are not as strong with scarlet and wolf as they are with scarlet and Rayan. yeah Correct. That's true. I will say, though, I love the grandmother, like, portion of it, too. Mm-hmm. I-, I think Marissa did a great job with, like, I mean, yeah, like, Red Riding Hood and the Wolf are not supposed to be together. But at the end of the day, a lot of these elements of the story come in, and she pulls them in really well. And I just, first of all, the grandmother is a badass. And second of all, <laughs> like, love that she was included, and she was the one that was sort of taken away, and, like, we're not sure if she's, like alive at some points and I, I just think that's a really cool connection to the story yeah. but and you're Ram, right like it, pretends I, I just, to be the grandmother which is kind of the equivalent right. of the wolf eating the grandmother yep. Yep. so Pretty yeah there's a lot of crossover there her. yeah exactly yeah, yeah he ends chowing down <laughs> which i'm glad she, i'm glad marissa meyer didn't have wolf do that because that right. would have been really hard to really awkward there's only so many things love can over there's a right? line <laughs> and it's eating the grandmother <laughs> and it's eating your grandmother that's funny um but as always i think marissa does such an amazing job uh weaving this tale into her own story i mean it's it's clearly her own story but mm-hmm. she has all these little nuggets that she pulls in, whether it's a name drop or a location that they're at. I mean, the whole thing is centered in Europe-ish, which is mm-hmm. kind of the the background of where Little Red Riding Hood is kind of like stemming from, um, or just random plot details that she throws in. Marissa certainly uh, did her research beforehand. This series was not some throw it at the wall and see if it sticks painting that <laughs> like uh, a five-year-old would do. Like this is like gold it's it's really it's well good crafted for sure, very well crafted sure. it's thought out and fully developed yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i will say like before i started reading it i think i was in college when one of my roommates was reading it and i was like i'm not gonna read that like it's just a retelling of these fairy tales like how good could it be but when we came back and revisited for the podcast i read the whole thing and read it in like a ridiculous amount of time <laughs> it's like a week or something and i was just eating that up because you like you said, Devin. It is perfectly her story, but also recognizably mm-hmm. these stories as well. So it's it's just very very cool that like See, she I think created it's very her own easy world. to be like if you don't know you don't know. Mm. You know, like if you if don't she, know, like if yeah. she hadn't named the character Cinder and she hadn't called the book Cinder and she hadn't necessarily made those connections with all of the four main female characters, right. like yeah. those elements are so well blended and subtle 
that it's almost like if you don't know, you might not recognize it at you all. You might not catch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I could yeah, see that. well, that's. I think that's why it's it's just really cool because it, it is uniquely her story, which is nice. It's not just like a retelling, mm-hmm. you know. But there are definite little Easter eggs in there for mm-hmm. us, which is cool. Um, and then I don't know if you mentioned this, Devin, but we did something kind of cool with these questions. Oh, and yeah. Devin put out to people to see what their questions were. And I think, I don't know if you mentioned it, but the not. first question asked was from Steve. So shout out to Steve. Thank you for your question. Mm-hmm. All right. So next question here. Uh, how would you describe the initial dynamic between Scarlet and Wolf in the Lunar Chronicles? Intense. one word boom i would agree with that i think it's very intense i would also say and this is something i mentioned before when we were messaging is that there's a lot of like not what i would consider insta love but more like insta trust insta Mm -hmm. chemistry Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so i think like in the very beginning the dynamic is kind of there's not an equalness to it. There's a couple of moments where Wolf kind of has the upper hand, especially when they're mm-hmm. at the street fighting. Um, yeah. And then there's a couple of moments when Scarlet has the upper hand, like walking out of her front door with a shotgun, like, I can hit you from here. So I would stop walking if I were you. Like, <laughs> so I think in the, in the very beginning, there's a lot of um, equal footing. And I think it becomes more distance when they actually get to Paris and they get separated and we find out like how much power and authority Wolf actually has. Yeah, absolutely. I think trust is a huge thing in their relationship, the balance of trust. And at first there's like an intrigue, but I would almost call it a a mistrust and then too trusting. And then it just, you go through like just a bunch of waves of trust. Um, So I do think, yeah, it's intense at first. There are moments of distrust. There are moments of too much trust. So I think it's just interesting to see their two personalities interweave. Do you think Um, that means that the trust that we get by the end of the series is like very well earned because they had so much back and forth? Mm -hmm. I do think so, yeah. I was actually just thinking about that because at the end when he betrays her... She almost doesn't believe it for mm-hmm. a few minutes. She's like, oh, he's going to save me. He's going to save me. And then she's like, oh, wow, no, he's not for a little while. And I, I just think by the end of it, like, the two of them have gone through so much and, like, really rode the wave of trusting and not trusting each other. So I think they know, like, when they're being honest with each right. other mm-hmm. almost. <laughs> yeah, I think from the very beginning, uh, although Scarlet is, like, a solid independent woman, she puts a bit too much faith in this street fighter loner dude like he's Mm -hmm. just some random dude that has kind of been frequently attending um the local like it's a restaurant right it's kind of like a bar like a tavern yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so he's kind of just been like making appearances here and there and i get that it's her character flaw from like (laughs) the story itself like she she's Little Red is supposed to be naturally too trusting, and I get that. Right. Um, That's true. But it just seems odd at first that she just full on is like, yeah, come with me to find my grandmother. You're the only person that believes me, so let's go. Um, I wonder on the if other- part of that is like two things. Like, one, she doesn't really have a lot of other choices in the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, she's very confident in her ability to like protect and take care of herself. So maybe part of her is like, you know, like when she shows up outside with her gun and she's like, I, you know, can defend myself. So I wonder if part of it is that she's 
she's not fearful because she knows she can take care of herself, mm. um, which is kind of naive, but. Yeah, absolutely. And I think on the other hand, Wolf is also very protective right away. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's his natural instinct to protect her at all costs. So I love that I about him. I think they it. both are standalones, but also have this natural um, give and take that they have right away. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. Uh, Abigail, do you have anything else to add besides? No. Well, we already. Cool. All right. Then this next question comes from Natalie, uh, and she asks. How do Wolf's background as a lunar operative and his wolf-like instincts impact his relationship with Scarlet? Well, you just mentioned how he has natural protective instincts yeah. and those those extend to Scarlet almost immediately. But you know, <laughs> something I wonder, something I wonder, and I don't think we've brought it up yet, is that Scarlet is surprised by Wolf and doesn't know anything about him, whereas Wolf kind of walked into Scarlet with like a portfolio of information. Mm -hmm. Like I'm picturing one of those folders that you see on like CSI where it's like the The pictures paper clips at the top (laughs) and it's got like her favorite ice cream and stuff in it. Um, So I feel like Wolf kind of had the upper hand there because he Mm. already knew so much about her, which might have made it easier to feel protective of her because like he saw the goodness in her and he already felt sympathetic to the situation. Um, And in Stars Above, we, we learn that all of his life, Wolf has been very anti-violence. He's he's always hated being a part of this um, violent and brutal lifestyle that he was mm-hmm. that was forced on him. And so, I think the softness that Scarlet and her relationship offer him kind of lend to that natural instinct to protect her specifically, not just like to be a protective person like he already is, but to protect her, especially so early in their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think. Oh, okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, isn't it mentioned somewhere? Somebody even comments on it how like the queen's tampering of his mind ended up doing the exact opposite of what yes. it was intended. Like it was supposed to make him almost inhuman, but it 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 changed his human instincts, for lack of a better word, and made him more protective of her than he should have been. Mm. And I, I like that part in Scarlet is... we kind of see that. You know, it starts right. out as like, oh, he's got his mission, and then as he's I don't know. I you know we we don't really get much of Wolf's point of view, so we don't know if it was an instant love, really, an instant love for him. <laughs> um, but you know we see that like it started out one way and then it changed as as he w- worked with her, got to know her, fell in love with her. It yeah. became very he became very protective of her. I think we see a yeah. lot of those mistakes that Lavana made because mm-hmm. Lavana based these um, sort of quote, mutant characteristics off of wolves, thinking like, well, wolves are very aggressive and primal and tough, and they can handle these situations, but not remembering that wolves also have a pack mentality and a protective mentality, and that they make for mm-hmm. life. So, yeah. um, you know, those are those are the portions that she wasn't expecting, and that makes sense, because in Ferris, we see how little Lavana knows or understands about love or affection, and I don't think any of that would have ever occurred to her in the slightest. And if someone had 
brought it up, that might have made a difference. But you can't tell Levana anything. Like right. you can't no. in a meeting be like, uh, by your queenliness, I actually Levana. think <laughs> I have an opinion I'd like thing. to share. <laughs> Reminds me of Darth Vader, honestly. But um, there's a moment I don't know if it's in Scarlet or Cress um, where he realizes that I think it might be in Scarlet, but he realizes that his wolf-like instincts, like he relies more on them so much so that when people are trying to manipulate him, those are the things that actually win out are his wolf-like instincts. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes um, when she says, oh, well, don't wolves mate for life? And he's like, oh, I think this is when they're talking about the alpha female thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, don't wolves mate for life? And he's like, oh my gosh, that's why I didn't attack you. Like, that's why I didn't go for it because I was more protective of you in that moment. And I love that. I love that that is the thing that, like, almost switches off his submissive brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's her. So that's just really, really cool to me. A cool little mm -hmm. twist. Yeah. I think that brings into question if it were someone other than Scarlet. Like, if, for example, he had had that connection with Emily, which was um, Scarlet's friend who had, His like, friend, a cute little yeah. crush on Wolf. Um, I wonder if that protection would have extended. Like, if it just goes to whoever he loves and cares about. Because... We also right. see him be very protective of Cress when they go to the ball together. We mm -hmm. see him right. be protective of Cinder multiple occasions, even Thorn for a while there when Thorn was like, I can fight a lunar. Like, <laughs> um, so just, I feel like that, that protection like extends. Obviously, Scarlet, it comes from a place of like intimacy and affection, but like I feel like that protection extends to other people that he's, you know, grown um, fond of and that he picture yeah and they're like a part of his quote pack so he feels yeah. protective of them mm -hmm. yeah yep. yeah he makes his own family for sure mm -hmm. love yeah. found families yay I, one of my favorite tropes Isn't man um, but I think that his instincts at first kind of really muddle things up mm -hmm. um, I mean it, he starts off lying to her and he unintentionally puts her in the direct line of fire uh, with mm -hmm. his other mutant pack mates as friends um which creates a very difficult situation where their trust is tested and we already kind of talked about how they have to work through this trusting nature um however with his wolf-like instincts um that make him so much more at a heightened state i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than most lunars um He's fiercely protective of what he cares mm -hmm. about, which... And we do see that in the later mm -hmm. part of Scarlet when yeah. he's, like, in the opera house and he's like, oh, my gosh, I have, like, these two polar opposite conflicting mm -hmm. instincts. Like, one, stay mm -hmm. loyal to my pack, and two, stay mm -hmm. loyal to my alpha. But do we really think that was unintentional? Like, uh, he always had the plan to deliver her to the opera house, to his yeah. superiors for that questioning and that purpose. So I'm not sure putting her in the line of fire was unintentional. I think it was, he was upset. I think he had conflicting emotions about doing it because was in the beginning that was part Rand, of his though? job. He was not running into, into Rand was not, but, yeah. but, but going to the opera house and being a part of that scenario would have that's been fair. a part of the plan from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, no, Rand wasn't supposed to show up. He just like <laughs> inserted himself into the situation. <laughs> He's the worst. Little show off that he is. He's creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he always becomes. And her that guardian. shows that like Scarlet is not super trusting because there's 
she's like kind of talking to Rand a little bit, but she notices the red flags with Rand really quickly in mm-hmm. a way that she didn't with Wolf. And so I but think that also, shows us. She also had Wolf. She was watching Wolf's reaction to Rand. And I think I thought that there was even something that was like she she. Well, maybe, I don't. I don't remember. I haven't read Scarlet in forever, to be honest. But I so thought, so it, they're on the train and they have yeah, like a curve. They get out and she and yes. she goes to get a drink like and she like orders a chocolate. She orders something and he's like, "I'll oh, have that's chocolate right. milk." And so she gets a chocolate milk to like assuage the. And I think he orders the <laughs> Rand. By the way, I think yeah. Rand orders the chocolate milk to sort of to sort of portray an air of innocence that he doesn't Mm -hmm. actually have. Mm -hmm. And she talks to him for like three to five sentences. And in the beginning, she's like, ooh, I can use this opportunity to make Wolf jealous. And then she's like, why are his teeth sharpened? Why are his nails sharpened? Why is he being really... Um, predatorial and and seductive, like we just met. The real question, right? So like, (laughs) it takes a second too long, if you ask me. But I'm paranoid, so maybe like that's just me talking to a stranger. I'd be like, excuse me. Um, But (laughs) I think it does show us that that trust is not extended to every stranger. There are just multiple things. Like Wolf didn't have the red flags that she saw in Ryan. Even though they're both cut from the same cloth. Like, they have the same parentage. They grew up in the same way. They've both been a part of this operative situation for years. Like, so even though they have a lot of the same, um, like, components and elements as as humans and characters, one was trusting and one she noticed the red flags. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. But I, I think almost more importantly, him being a lunar and being this operative Mm -hmm. also helps her or at least not helps her but challenges her to get through her preconceived notions of lunar people and their abilities like she's Mm -hmm. already sees them as like she has stereotypes and prejudices against them and this helps her go beyond that and understand that individual like people should be based on their actions rather than who they Mm -hmm. are Mm-hmm. Right, like the first wise. sentence we see of her is her being like very sympathetic to Cinder, mm-hmm. even though Cinder's a lunar who supposedly right. tried to kill the queen. Like, and she's jumping on a bar to defend this girl that she saw on the news. Like, she doesn't yep. know anything about her. Um, so we already see that she's sort of sympathetic to the lunar stereotypes because of her relationship with her grandmother. Yep. Oh, she doesn't yep. know her grandmother's lunar. No, but her grandmother but her has taught been, like, her. Talking to her, oh, her oh, grandmother yeah. has yeah. taught her from basically from birth not to judge people by uh, when you don't really know them. And she even yeah. says that in her inner monologue when she's like, um, when she's on the bar and she's defending this lunar. She's like, I don't know why I'm defending this lunar. Probably because my grandmother taught me that <laughs> you know you shouldn't judge people before you get to know them. And so she already kind of has that sympathy towards lunars. going in and i think if anything this kind of this might poke a hole in her sympathy in the beginning because she's like look at me being sympathetic (laughs) to lunars and then they like kidnap my grandmother and kidnap me and eat her face and if anything it might it might ruin that trust a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah well talking about her grandmother just a little bit more um in what ways does scarlet's relationship with her grandmother influence scarlet and wolf's relationship I mean, the things I just said about, like, sympathy and intuition. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it literally brings them together. Yeah, it's literally the best That's a wedge between them in the beginning of Crest. at the same um, time. In the beginning of Crest, which is book three in the series, they're all aboard the Ramphian ship, and they've just escaped Earth. 
and Scarlet okay. and Wolf kind of declare each other their their alphas, but mostly it's Wolf making that declaration in the beginning. And right. in Scarlet's inner monologue, we hear that like she wants to give her devotion to him, but the loss of her grandmother and his involvement in it is really preventing her from being able to fully open up to him. And eventually yes. she does get past that, but it is a, a wedge between them mm-hmm. for a little while. Right. Yeah. Anything else to add? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we talked a lot about it. Go <laughs> ahead, Devin. Um, I think the lesson that her grandma just instills this belief of importance of trusting her instincts and trusting um, yeah. in like people like mm-hmm. don't don't allow stereotypes to judge like create a judgment of a person um, I think they're crucial for her relationship with Wolf Scarlet learns to rely on her intuition and it comes to more about Wolf's intentions and his character rather than um, who he is or like yeah. his makeup in a sense mm-hmm. um, also Scott's grandmother instills in her belief that, of the importance of just um, relying on your own intuition and your own trusting instincts and um, even if you have a little bit of doubt like push through and kind of gather your own perception of something instead of just basing it mm-hmm. off of the crowd in a sense yeah, I do love that. And not only does it in the beginning appear when she's defending Cinder, but it appears throughout the entire mm-hmm. time as she's in a relationship with this special operative. And I don't know, eventually someone doesn't at the end, like he I'm forgetting, but doesn't something happen to him where he like becomes more wolf like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets turned into yeah, one yeah. of the beasts. And like, yeah, when and it's so cute when they meet up again in that moment, because <laughs> he's worried that his more beast like appearance yes. will scare her off. And she's like, we do not have time for this. And she kisses him and she's like, all right, it's a little awkward, but like, we'll get used to it. The canines <laughs> are, you know, <laughs> like the sharp I mean. pointy canines are in the way, but we'll figure it out. Like <laughs> it's it's her grandmother's like teaching her to be so open minded mm-hmm. in this way that allows her to love you know wolf and to stand up for cinder Mm -hmm. and to go on this whole adventure so i think yeah it it brings them together it drives a wedge between them but it also keeps them together in the end um, which i think is really cool Mm -hmm. yeah so moving on uh how does scarlet's capture in caress impact their relationship does separation make the heart grow fonder Oh, abso-freaking-lutely. I don't know if, like, we're allowed to share, like, personal anecdotes, but... Yeah. um, As a military spouse, separation Mm. for long extended periods of time, not easy, you guys. The longest we've done is nine months. It can be lonely. Wow. It can be, like, really sad. Um, Mm. There are definitely parts of yourself that you feel like aren't there when the other person is gone. So imagine dealing with all of that, but also you're in this teeny tiny little cage when you're missing a finger and you're not being properly fed or bathed or you don't get like proper hygiene. There's no physical touch component because she's like a literal animal in a cage. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for Wolf, it's kind of similar. He doesn't know where she is. He doesn't know what's happened to her. Uh, eventually they're they're brought back together for like two and a half minutes and then separated again Mm. um so i think that like as a military spouse i see like two reactions 
to long-term separation, and that's people get divorced. It happens a lot. There's a very high divorce rate in the military. Um, or you muddle through because it, it is worth it at the end and, and you can handle it. But I don't necessarily know if it makes, like, I do think it makes the heart grow fonder because they spend so little time together before she leaves. And yet mm-hmm. there's no doubt in her mind or his mind. It's not like a concern of like, oh no, what if he meets another girl? Or like, what if right. she meets another boy? Like, the concern is is not on... Um, potential other options it's only on like well i hope they're okay Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what makes it um a heart growing fonder and not necessarily like the separation is causing a strain well i like how we even see a contrast in winter when they're reunited again how you know on the ship they were both somewhat not hesitant around each other but just scarlet was more guarded and wolf was kind of like being respectful of that and not Mm -hmm. pushing things too far so it was like they were both in from my point of view they were like both taking their time there was no rush they you know could just kind of be in proximity to each other and be fine with that but then in winter after being separated for three four weeks however long it is right that both all those barriers are just wordlessly dissolved and like scarlet is all all of a sudden like comfortable around him she misses him she wants him wolf is kind of has has this renewed passion for her and you know thinking that she was dead or was being tortured by thumaturges and you know it's that yeah and there is like a perspective there is a part yeah there's a part in the inner monologue of winter where it says like where scarlet even acknowledges that like where on the rampion they had been kind yeah. of reserved now it felt like wolf was always trying to touch her or be near her whether it was like her legs touching or just like a hand near her elbow like he just always wanted almost like he was making sure she was still there she was there right and she found that like extremely comforting because Mm -hmm. she felt like she needed that as well yeah right I, i do i think like what time apart allows people in general to do is um sort of think of what their priorities are and think and to reflect like is this how I want my life to be without this other person? And you realize pretty quickly, yes or no. And I think in their case, definitely, no, they want to be together. And I I do love that when they come back together, there's a lot of physical touch. I love that you mentioned that because that's like my favorite thing is that finally, like they're both sort of comforting each other from something they've been starved of for so long, Mm -hmm. um, which is a huge thing. So like, I'm not gonna necessarily say separation in general makes the heart grow fonder. There are lots Mm -hmm. of problems that come with it too. Um, Like I did long distance with my husband for four years when I was in college, it was very, very hard, but Mm -hmm. um, it definitely makes you sit down and think about, is this what you want? Because you're in like the hardest part of your relationship while you're apart. So is it worth it like in this moment, which will make it worth it in all the other moments? Mm -hmm. I think it also makes you question like, not just is it worth it, but like, do you need it? Like when that person is gone, do you notice? Do you like, not maybe not constantly, but are you like at the grocery store and you're like, oh, I wonder if he needs milk. And then you're like, well, he's not (laughs) here. So it doesn't matter. Or, you know, you go out to dinner and it's like, well, I need four chairs because you're with a couple and you're like, oh no, wait, three chairs because that person is gone. Like, is he in your fourth? I know this because I recently lost my father and I've noticed Mm. it with my, with my stepmom a lot is that like, 
when that person is gone, you notice if you've become yeah. extremely attached to them. It's very mm-hmm. noticeable. Yep. And I think it's like kind of impressive about their relationship, how much they notice each other's absence, considering they've only been involved in each other's life for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that a separation really destroys Wolf, uh, tears mm-hmm. him down to his knees in a sense. Uh, he's like a sad puppy dog. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. vulnerable. Girl. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's a little funny because I'm pretty sure that just before she gets taken, they have a conversation where she says that they're stuck on a spaceship and she isn't going anywhere, and yet she gets taken. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. in the next several yeah. chapters because they get taken. They kind of have this moment. I know these books way too well. They kind of have this <laughs> moment where they're sitting at the table and they have like mm-hmm. canned tomatoes. And he's like, these canned tomatoes aren't as good as the tomatoes from your garden. And she's like, I know, right? And um, <laughs> he mentions like the sort of sep- like the um, the space between them emotionally. And she's like, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. We're mm-hmm. on a spaceship yes. in the middle of this like we're on a spaceship in the atmosphere. Where am I going to go? And then it's literally like two chapters later um, that she that she gets sort of captured. Well, not sort of. She does get captured. It's just a very complicated structure. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah, I think it's it's one of those like Easter eggs where it's like just kidding, haha. <laughs> yeah, and for a generally protective person mm-hmm. to like not know where your other person is must be like the worst form, the worst ring of hell. Honestly, <laughs> is like being a protective person and not being able to protect. Well, mm-hmm. even being um, like the vulnerable like person, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the protective person in my relationship, but like when Quentin leaves, there's a good three to five day gap where I don't have any communication with him because I'm not supposed to know where he went or how he got there or any right. of that stuff, right? So, like, he might leave on a Monday. I might not hear from him until the following Monday. So, I don't know if he's Ooh. still traveling, if he got to where That's he was supposed rough. to go, if he's safe. Um, and that can be frustrating, too, because, like, I'm at home. I'm safe. I'm just, like, chilling, watching Friends reruns in my pajamas. But, like, Ayo. he's traveling from one place to the other, and I don't know how that's going. So, mm-hmm. I feel like right. there are, the protective side is kind of... Um, there's an anxiety because you can't do what you want to do, which is help them. But the vulnerable side... There's an anxiety because you can't comfort them by telling them that you're okay and vice versa. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. All right. So moving on, this next question is from Sunny. Um, so what are some significant moments or events that contribute to the development of their relationship? We've really talked Probably about Scarlet a lot. Being kidnapped. I was going to say, we've said so many. <laughs> <laughs> we really talked about a lot. Yeah. Go ahead, Abigail. I just said Scarlet getting kidnapped or getting taken. It's the biggest one, That's I think. the biggest one, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. not necessarily moments between Wolf and Scarlet, but there's specific moment between Wolf and Kress and a specific moment between Scarlet and Winter that I do think contributes. Um, Abigail, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kress tells Wolf that an alpha is like the brightest star. And so he mm. sort of sees another pers- perspective of how... Um, he sees Scarlet. Right. And then Winter tells Scarlet, like, that's exactly what love is. The the devotion that the two of you have together, that is love. And that does need to be protected. Mm-hmm. I think those two conversations, those, like, outside influences have an impact on their relationship as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of them. Like, I was just thinking about how we talked before about trust and distrust being such a big thing for them. 
Um, so obviously, like, the end of Scarlet is, like, a huge moment mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, the betrayal. <laughs> like, when the betrayal, all of that, like, she kind of has to go through in her head, can I forgive him? Um, and they do come to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has yeah, to I'm decide, to think- like, really quickly because he's, there are, he's leaning over her with, like, bare teeth Literally. and blood on him. And she's, like, on the ground underneath his you know how tall is he like six four six five and he's this big burly guy and she even in that moment is like come back to me i know this isn't the real you but imagine mm-hmm. trying to make that decision and follow those instincts that devin was talking about mm-hmm. when you're you know in a life or death situation, situation. with yeah. seconds to spare yeah yep yeah yep and there's also uh, i like how in Wolf's mind, them going to Lunar is a rescue mission for Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Whereas for everyone else, it's like, we're going to get Cinder on the throne. Where- <laughs> yeah, he's like, whatever, where's my girl? It's like, Don't nope, care. it's for my yeah. girl. Sorry, where's guys. My girl? <laughs> all, all that matters. It's like, well, yeah. what about this? Scarlet. What about that? Oh, Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, I think um, we kind of already mentioned that his alteration in uh, Winter is it's a big moment but it's not in their eye in his eyes it is but in her eyes it's not right they're able you to know but it becomes it. a really big um obstacle for them in the graphic novels oh really so oh, tell us okay tell us about it in the next question because we're going to talk about struggles and i don't okay. know anything about it so i want to okay. know all the things <laughs> that you know that i don't know about this struggle um because I, I was trying to think of, like, other th- moments of struggle that we haven't mm-hmm. already talked about. So, I'm like, let's reserve. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so let's so dive right in there. Do it. Cool. I want to hear about this. So, what are some areas of struggle for them, and how do they overcome them? Tell us about the graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the graphic novels, Aiko is the main character, and she has been what? sent to Earth to round up all of Levana's remaining mutant soldiers and send them uh-huh. back to the moon. This is the, like, sequel to the series, correct? Yeah, they're it's called the Wires sequel to the Nerds. Series, but yes. it's before Stars Above. So it's, like, yes. in and that two-year period. Yep. Yes. Aiko's the main character? Aiko's yes. the main comp- character in those series. You see everybody, of course, but it's right. it's centered around Aiko's and I sort of like assignment. with her. Yeah. Oh no. I was so I mean it wasn't like a terrible ending but it w- it was very like anticlimactic. It left it left you wanting, I think. And it, I felt like they mm-hmm. like they really cheated. I say it eco, but I feel like they really cheated her because like they built all this built all this. Oh, she's so much more than an android. She's so human. Aww. She's so this. And at the very end they like like she loses so much of her memory cuz her memory card was oh, stolen no. so they go to a backup memory and she like loses like a month of her that memory. That always crushes me. And it was like like, but uh, I, I I can talk for a while. It's about like how in I the Hunger ending, Games but... when Peta loses his memory. Like I can't stand that. Oh, honestly, I feel ahead. like it was worse because the, like the whole because there's two graphic novels and Bethany. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my interpretation of it was they were like building up. Like Eco's more he, more than just an android. She's human. She's this. She's that. She's not replaceable. Her body isn't this. Her body is her body. She can't just buy a new one. Like right. And then at the end, when she gets hurt. They're like, but we can replace like, this one. No, part just of kidding. Her. We can replace her whole thing. No. We, we can replace her whole mind. We'll fill in like, the gaps. It's no biggie. Like we I saved a word document so to the cloud. So let's go. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my god. <laughs> I was so bummed. I seriously thought so they were going to pull. Is it co-written with someone? 
No, Marissa Meyer wrote it. She okay. did She wrote it, but she had yeah. an artist do the illustration. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Actually, there's two different artists for the yeah. books. There's a different artist for each graphic novel. Gotcha. But I was cool. so hoping they were like going to pull a Pinocchio and like turn eco human. Like she actually. I was too, and I human. have a theory about how they could uh. do it, but it's really inappropriate. So whatever, like. <laughs> It has to do with, like, organ donation concept. Like, gotcha. that's really Okay, I thought, like, good, oh, right? what if they just found, like, a cyborg who was, like, Cinder, maybe even more of a cyborg, and who died? Why don't they just that's put Eco's memory card donation. in yeah. the cyborg? But with but, oh, I was so irritated. Anyways. So anyways, irritated. back to Wolf and Scarlet. So <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> in, that, in that, you know, graphic novel duology, which is called Wires and Nerves, yes. and um, it's centered around Ico. She's been given this assignment by Cinder to go to Earth and round up all of Lavana's remaining soldiers and bring them back to Luna because they're still attacking Earth. They don't know that... Some of them don't know that Lavana died and some of them don't care. Yeah. Mm. So... You've gone rogue. Right. So during that time, there's one main sort of uh, villain called Alpha Steel and he okay. is fighting against Iko. And he's gathering recruits and going to all of these different wolf mutants. And one of the recruits that he grabs is Zayev. Mm. And Zayev oh. ends up leaving Scarlet to join this, you know, sort of this sort of um, opposing side. Now, he does it with the intention of, like, working from the inside out. Sure. But he doesn't mm. give that information to Scarlet. So he That's just kind of leaves her hanging. He needs to communicate, man. Yeah. And it's very, like... I think she can see it in his eyes. You know, we're given this sort of understanding. It's the same mm-hmm. as before. Like, once they get separated, she's like, nope, it's still the same guy. I refuse to believe that he's mm-hmm. just, like, out and about so with she these. trusts him. Yeah, she still trusts him. Um, and there is a... Most of them still trust him. It's Cinder that's hesitant because she's like, you know, even if I want to trust him as my friend, I'm in charge now. So I can't trust him based on that because I have jobs to do. Yeah. Um, but that is a really big obstacle for them. And obviously they overcome it because, you know, at the end they're still in love and in Stars Above they get married. Um, I, don't, I don't know. With yeah. Abigail being the only other person that here that's read those graphic novels, what did you what did you think? Do you thought of that as an obstacle or were you just like, no, it's just a plot device? I honestly, I didn't see it as an obstacle until you, like, put it in that light yeah. which i definitely could see how that would be an obstacle when i read i read it, i just read it more of as like okay wolf sees that the only way any of us are going to survive this is if i play along because he mm-hmm. knows they're going to go after scarlet he can't really explain and the it kids in, in the neighborhood situation. and the kids in the, yeah so yeah i didn't like i said i mean i hadn't thought about it as an obstacle for their relationship until you explained it like that i saw it more of just like it was an obstacle in their survival mm. Mm-hmm. yeah Okay. I would say like communication in general <laughs> might be something to work Just on. Send her but a quick text. <laughs> what's interesting <laughs> is that she, like you were saying, she still trusts in him. Mm-hmm. In both of those moments, kind of where he be- mm-hmm. like betrays her, she still kind of has a feeling that like, oh, he's not really going against me right now mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, so I would say communication because we always bring up communication on this yeah. podcast. We're like, because they can fix like ninety percent of the problems in most relationships, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. like books, TV shows, movies, right? All of it. it could. <laughs> it's always a communication issue. So that's what I was going to say for this. But now thinking about it, like I feel like it's not always an obstacle for them because mm-hmm. they're able almost to just trust and understand each yeah. other in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I think there are also moments where they both struggle with their identity and knowing who they are and. Um, mm. So I think there's a little bit of that mixed in there, but I think ultimately it's a little bit of just uh, 
the struggle of I mean they only spend so much time together but communication mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> the an first, obstacle the first time they time. don't really or the first two times they don't really have a, a, an opportunity to communicate so uh, it's totally not but there's fault, a lot of but... <laughs> lying on Wolf's part with the communication yeah. yeah well maybe not necessarily so maybe lying. lying but like definitely you know not bending misleading gray area mis- yeah misleading <laughs> like he doesn't necessarily come out and say like well I'm lying about my identity he's like I'm a right. wolf and I'm a part of this pack. It's like, mm-hmm. right. It's like, it's, you it's not, not true, but sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. Um, so just sort of like a little random question out of curiosity. Who do you think fell first? Oh, wolf. Wolf. <laughs> that's what I put. Easy, it's pretty, like, it's pretty obvious. I would say, We're but also, like I said that. before, he like, comes into the story knowing so much about her yep. and her grandmother already that I think once he meets her, it's like all oh, the pages didn't do it justice. He said in winter that he fell in love with her when she got up on the bar and started yeah. yelling at everybody. <laughs> and she said, and like, she fell it, in love with him when she pointed a shotgun at him. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like those were like, <laughs> like two days apart. So Wolf Wolf got there first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that she's pointing a shotgun at him and inwardly she's like, oh, I think I might marry you. Don't know, but... <laughs> well, I guess that's answered. <laughs> Literally, we're all Who like, Who romance is dead? <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. That was a quick one. So, uh, yeah. this one comes in from Elena, uh, and she asks, Do you think the alpha thing is adorable or creepy? Is there a weird power imbalance? I tell you right adorable. now, Abigail and I have the same answer. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so cute! So we have cute. talked about this endlessly. <laughs> yes, I think it's so cute. Definitely not a weird power imbalance. I think it's no, just so not precious. at all. Hundred percent. I think it would be if it were Wolf and someone other than Scarlet, like Wolf and Crest, for example. Huge power imbalance. Mm. But Scarlet is extremely sure of herself, fiercely independent, um, and that kind of. Uh, like strong female that she has that sort of essence that she has that makes it an even balance I mean, we even see that when she meets the wolf soldiers on Luna and her and Winter recruiting them and one of the wolves is like oh, I can see why uh, your wolf likes you and he's then she's like well he'll rip you to shreds so I'd watch it like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't make me stick my man on you right like don't make me call my boy <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah, guys I think it's creepy? Think, don't break no, my heart. No, no. I don't think it's creepy, <laughs> but I do think um, it's when she first mentioned when it's first mentioned at the end of Scarlet. Like prior to having read everything, knowing where they're going, I remember feeling like that was a really like quick turnaround for that type of conversation. Although I know it was kind of more in jest, like it was said more like in jest. Like Wolf really believed, like, oh yeah, that's my alpha female right there, but. It wasn't like a, we're getting married tomorrow, like mm-hmm. in that moment. I just remember thinking when it was first mentioned in the in Scarlet, like I was like, oh, we're moving quick here with that. But then after you sort of see like the two of them, like you said, she's not, it's not like the weird like Jacob in Twilight. Impression. I was just going to bring this like, up. It's Dang not it, like Steph. that. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. It's so but also, I do um, not get that vibe. So I, no. I think what's important with that is that he doesn't bring it up first. She brings it up. Like, oh, yes. I'm your alpha That's female, like, right? Oh, and, he, and he's like, well, also, yes. uh, sir. Abs, you have the book with you, so correct me if I'm wrong. But in that scenario, like in her inner in monologue, she's like, 
she kind of doubts what she's saying and she says that yeah. like partially joking but partially she's like I'm kind of embarrassed to say this but also yeah. I'm gonna like yeah, mm-hmm. say, yeah I'm gonna say it anyways um, right. but I, I think that like it's really important to make that distinction because I do think people draw a connection between like well in Twilight they had imprinting and they had the whole wolf thing and, and then in creepy. this one they have alpha and they have wolf <laughs> and it's like no these are two consenting adults I was gonna say There's, they both yeah. agree <laughs> they're yeah. consenting adults that's the big one for me they're consenting adults um, not a they also right like they also grew that connection it wasn't like they met and bam it was there that right. connection was um, right. sort of expanded and grown upon. right so yeah. I think that um I think that it's more a metaphor for their relationship and how the two of them um, are sort of components to each mm-hmm. other. I think you could probably see that in most relationships, that there's one person that might be more emotionally vulnerable and there's one person that might be more um, like communicationally vulnerable. And I think that you're going to see different sides of that in any relationship. I think this is just how they explain it for the two of them. Yeah. And it works because of the whole wolf thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, agree. I, I tend to agree with that. I just yeah. it was the only flag I had. Right. But then comparing it to Jacob, I'm like, all right, but like, right, <laughs> it's not that also bad. We see, um, we see Cress's perspective when she hears the word alpha, and even from her perspective, when it has to do with the stars, it still kind of works for them. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Anything else, Devin? No, I think they're both powerful in their own way, and I don't mm-hmm. see it being a problem. Like like you mentioned, <clears throat> because he doesn't bring it up first, I feel like it's less creepy. Or not not less <laughs> creepy, but it's not creepy at all. I feel um, like it's it more genuine like, for Scarlet. Yeah, if it would have been from his perspective and saying, like, hey, you're, you're mine. I've made it with <laughs> you. And I feel like that would have been Yeah, that creepy. possessiveness. Correct. That would have been imprinting yeah. vibes. Yes. Yes. Imprinting vibes. I like that we all have <laughs> issues with imprinting. There's not like yes. one person who's like, "Wait, let me defend." Like we're all like, "Can't no, defend it on this thing. podcast." <laughs> I don't remember if it was on our Twilight series or if it was the Valentine's Day episode, but there were some feelings about imprinting. There were some. There are. Real there is feelings a like. About it. There is a polar opposition divide, between yeah. people who like fiercely protect the imprinting concept and those of us who are like. This is a problem. This is <laughs> a real problem. problem. <laughs> Somebody real told people. me that Stephanie yes. Meyer put that whole thing in there with the whole imprinting thing because she was trying to steer people away from Jacob. She mm. didn't want oh. people to be shipping Jacob and Bella. And she's like, and right. then it backfired because everybody still really? loves Jacob. <laughs> I yes. know. No, like, well, that me throughout the whole better. series, especially when we got his he, perspective. I was like, "Oh my god, would you just listen to what people tell you?" No means think, no. Like yes. <sighs> there no was that man. No. That's another conversation like for another line, podcast. But yes. oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, that that man child is something else. Man child. <laughs> but here we are not dealing with man children. We are dealing with, with adults. So that is good. Um, okay, so moving on before we really derail into Twilight because we've done it so many times on so many podcasts. Um, what are some key qualities or traits that draw Scarlet and Wolf together? What's like their draw? I feel like their similarities in terms of like their dedication to people that they love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I also think that 
They have a lot of similarities in terms of the way that they think, the way that they mm-hmm. operate. You know, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about Scarlet following her instincts, but Wolf follows his instincts a lot. He goes against what he's been taught his entire life and what his mission is and even what his, um, you know, mutant programming is mm-hmm. because of his instincts about Scarlet. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that the... I think a key component of their relationship is they both have that instinct to trust each other right away. Yeah. Yeah. They're both a little rebellious, too, if Mm -hmm. you think about Mm -hmm. it. Like, rebelling against, like, what society expects of them or the pack expects of them. Mm -hmm. And that kind of makes their relationship fun, like, compared to the other two in the series. Um, And they definitely are very, like... They give each other, like, what for sometimes. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Mm. Um, I love that there's I'm a sense of... I'm trying to think of, comparatively. Go ahead, Devin. I love that there's a sense of mutual healing between them. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Scarlet's beautiful. presence helps Wolf reconnect with his humanity. Like, his, not not humanity, but, like, lunar side, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, more his human instincts and find solace in uh, the face of his violent past and who, what mm-hmm. he's had to, what he's had to go through, in a sense. And she offers him understanding and acceptance and just enables him to heal emotional wounds mm-hmm. um, that he's had to go through. And in turn, Wolf's protective instincts and loyalty provide Scarlet with a sense of security and support. And they're each other's yeah. like security blankets in a sense. They help mm-hmm. each other grow and confront these challenges that they kind of face within themselves. Yeah. Which goes in, hand in hand with like, afterwards them being like okay i need to just know that you're near i just need to know that you're you're in my presence yeah i love that word though mutual healing is just Mm -hmm. such beautiful word choice for like um any kind of relationship i guess but you know like you said it goes back to their love language which i think for both of them is kind of physical touch in that Mm -hmm. way for Um, sure so yeah beautifully said Mm -hmm. cool Anything else to add for this question? No. Love it. Moving on. Uh, How does their relationship evolve or change throughout the series? I feel like throughout all of Scarlet, it was kind of like steadily on an incline and then crest hits and it's like, meow. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because then that's where it goes back to like, you know, when it was like, does absence make the heart grow fonder? And Cress is like, yeah, I mean, we see that where it's like, you guys are separated. And it's like, well, my love and devotion is cemented now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no backing down now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like their when their time apart happens and they're able to process a little bit more. I love the like Scarlet Winter, like kind of girl friendship that happens there. Mm-hmm. And the way that Scarlet's able to process her emotions for him, like, while he's not there. Like, I think we do get a lot of their relationship when they're not together. Like, we've been talking about the mm-hmm. separation thing. Um, but I, that I do, I think they both evolve a lot in the, in those moments of separation. I think that's, for me, where I see a lot of mm-hmm. the growth. Yeah. No, I, I also think when they are able to overcome his... Well, when he's able to overcome his second transformation, because she doesn't, she's like, whatever, you're still the same person on the inside, and your eyes are right. cute, so it's fine. We have a, um, we have like, a you still have the green eyes. We have a war to win here. Come on now. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's another, uh, another like, element when they overcome it is, is him finally, like, learning to accept his new 
body the way that it is because he does go through a very big physical and mental um, transformation at the end Mm. of winter. Mm -hmm. It does. For sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add to that. I don't think so. All right. This next question before our last is from Cassie. Hi, Cassie. Um, What are our thoughts on their wedding in Stars Above? Which I I can't comment on. But go ahead. (laughs) I liked it. I thought it was sweet. Isn't it, though? Give me some details. Isn't it so sweet? It's very You know, just because... Yeah, I was going to say, just because you just brought it up, Stephanie, Winter embroiders this beautiful, like, blue daisy on... Yeah. Um, onto uh, Scarlett's wedding dress. So, like, just because you just brought Aww. up their cute friendship, like, that's adorable, too. I love yeah. it. It's very cute. Yeah. That's awesome. But just the fact that it's supposed to be, like, the wedding of the century because it's the first, like, lunar and uh, human wedding and it's supposed to be very quiet. Like, she wants it to be very quiet, but it's it's mm-hmm. going to blow up regardless because of the immensity of it and who's all involved in it. I mean, we have the the new queen of lunar that is kind nice. of going kind of nice. going to be like the, yes who's nice but also like maid of honor i don't know was she the maid of honor no they she didn't really have a maid of honor it was okay, just well, they were yeah. just participants yeah they were just participants yeah, so the they just kind of went into the backyard and said nice things and nice clothes which yeah, I think they weren't so, even like, in the backyard so they were in the living down, room right the living in the room. living room at the farm like it just that's what made it so sweet is it's like it's not even a ceremony it's just like i love you and here's why well and i love you and here's why and now we kiss and it's like yeah it's and, like adorable. everybody did something. Jason made her bouquet, and Thorne put together Aww. the art. It's like mm-hmm. it was just so cute. I love Thorne the was so proud of that. Take I love Thorne <laughs> so much. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, the girls take her upstairs and like distract yep. her and get her and get her in her dress Hide and everything, her. and then walk her downstairs. And there's Wolf standing. <laughs> just, so it's, it's nice to hear about because after the intensity of the series, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they're always just sort of adventuring and trying to defeat the queen it sort of is like a moment for like those readers who have like read all of that and who have all of like the like in their own heads like this is what i think their wedding would be like it's sort of a moment for them and catch me Um, if i'm wrong that they are the first couple that is officially married they are the only one that's officially married yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, uh cinder and isn't canon kai they get, uh, yeah, it's not canon. Engaged, they get engaged, yeah. which yeah. is beautiful. Um, but also, if you want to go down like a serotonin rabbit hole, I would Google fan art wolflet wedding because there is some <laughs> beautiful <laughs> illustrations of that day and that I ceremony, and they will just like fill yeah. your heart right up and warm and cozy. Well, Devin, we know what we need to post for, uh, for the <laughs> I have some I'll send graphics. to you. There you go. I'll send please some do. To you. I, will, I will send you links. <laughs> Please, please do. Cool. All right, so let's wrap this puppy up with: Do we ship it? Yes. And that wasn't a it's my that favorite wasn't from the series. So absolutely, <laughs> this puppy. That's funny. <laughs> that wasn't I love it. Yes, <laughs> but I ship it. Honestly, I have no qualms about any of the re- like maybe a few qualms, but I would say I ship all three of the relationships in this story. In this I would series. say all four. four. I was I like four, all yeah. of them. Four. Yeah. yeah we, we haven't. Or even five if you want to if you want to include Aiko and Kiani. Like, I do not ship them only because she's an android and that's like weird to me. In my <laughs> head, I would eventually ship she them. becomes human. So then I will fine. ship them. 
if she, that's why I was so that. hoping in Stars of in uh, Wires and Nerves, she was going to become right. Raven because I love right. her so much. And I was like, oh. but I'm sorry if I'm not shipping her with anybody as long as she's still a robot. That's fair. Aww. That is fair. No matter well, how sweet fair. and bubbly you are, like, I no, guess. Like, no. I've had That's such an weird. evolution with this um, coupling because prior to doing my podcast, I was diehard Cresswell, which I still am. Like, I love Cresswell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still but that was my Cresswell. OTP. And Same. then, like, doing this series on the podcast where we look at every little chapter for like 30 minutes, I became, I think, about halfway through Scarlet. I was like, nope, Wolflet all the way that like Dude. the level of devotion they have for each other tell me you don't want that mm, for sure. oh well so so you're so you're crescent <laughs> thorn bethany is is wolflet devin who is your favorite i don't i don't know i i i think when i originally read it i was a crestwell Mm-hmm. I think I'm a Cresswell too, but I really love Winter's. I stand alone she might on be this one hill. Of my <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, oh I mean, my I, gosh, I'm still like I'll still swoon with whatever. To be quite honest, I mean they're all good. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, but Cresswell they is are. my. Because there are some series where the couples like there's a clear like winner, and the other mm-hmm. ones are like okay. I think, I think here I'm it's not, like they're all very good. Yeah. Although I although I love these two, I'm not completely sold on them in comparison to the others because they don't spend like we don't get as much of them together time. Scarlet and yeah, the, correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah, same with Winter and Jason. That. We get so yeah. little mm-hmm. time with them. Winter yeah, we only got the robbed. They love each book. other. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, she yeah. needed more. We needed more from Winter than what we got, but it just didn't work out that way with each girl getting a new book right yeah for sure cool so now you know what you've heard from us and what our thoughts are (laughs) um what do you all think so our first comment here comes from sunny thank you sunny for sending it in and for your question as well uh she writes there's something so endearing about their love when there's so little time shown in the books where they are together for longer than a week Uh, while they are not my favorite ship in the entire series i have a lot of respect for them and absolutely adore them um, and the short story where they get married. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sunny. And our next comment comes in from Olivia. And she writes, I love how devoted they are to each other. Some might not like how quickly they become attached and devoted in Scarlet, but I'm a big sucker for that. Yes, <laughs> of same. the four Lunar Chronicles couples, they definitely are the most devoted, yet they are separated for the majority of the series. We talked about this. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they are both protective of each other, too, and I love the whole thing about them being each other's alpha. Yes. <laughs> this is awesome. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so thank you for that, Olivia, to all of our commenters. Um, and thank you to both of these awesome ladies for joining us on the show today. Uh, Bethany and Abigail, I just wanted to thank you both. It was a ton of fun. Um, and then before we go, I wanted to open up the floor for any upcoming stuff you have for your podcasts or your bookstagrams or anything going on in your life. So, Bethany, you got any updates or upcoming things? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> um, so we're almost done with winter. Nice. which is crazy. So there's like 170 mm-hmm. episodes if you've never heard of Lunar Chronicles podcast and you want to go check it out. <laughs> when we're done Do with it. winter, we're going to cover all of the deleted scenes, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Marissa also posted a History of Luna document that we're going to go over. Um, And then we will do Stars Above. We're going to do the graphic novels. We're going to do Heartless, all of her short stories. COVID-128 will be in there. 
Um, so yeah, if you want to check out the podcast, there's a lot of like super cool stuff on there. Um, abs, plug those books, girl. <laughs> yeah. You can find my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Like Bethany said, there is an audiobook for book one. Book two hasn't come out yet. Um, but they're all available in paperback or, uh, Kindle. Kindle. Yeah. Kindle. And hardcover. I have a hardcover. And hardcover. Yeah. The very first one, it had, there's a hardcover for the first one. Mine is autographed, you guys. What up? <laughs> <laughs> so is mine, but... That's great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And um, just like that, that's a wrap. Thank you all for listening. And if you've been enjoying the podcast or have feedback, please rate and review. We would love to hear from you all and how we are doing. Yep, and of course, uh, chat with us or really Devin on Instagram <laughs> or email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. We seriously love hearing from you guys. Um, it's It kind of makes our day whenever we get an email or like an Insta message. So engage with us. But we love you shippers, but you're the only one, Scarlet. You'll always be the only Aww. one. Aww. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.